When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Mark K from Australia, and joining me, as always, is the man with just the most beautiful set of hair I've ever seen. And it, he's actually still it's in Utah, and you just know the altitude there and the mountains and just the, the springs in Utah has just made it. Given that that hair there, just that extra little pep in its step that it needed. So, William, how are you, mate? Yeah, I think I think I got a little sunburn skiing today. Um, wow! But I gotta I gotta toughen up and uh, got get that dog in me to match Patrick Beverly, who's <laughs> gonna be a Chicago Bull. Well, he's going to be a Chicago Bull. Let, let, let's dive straight into it. No, Chris Dunn's no. father. I was going to welcome in Joey, but screw that. We're, we're talking Patrick Beverly. We're going straight into it. Hello, Joseph, in the background, who's producing for us, as always. But um, yeah, let's talk Patrick Beverly. A very thank you to Woj. Thank you to Shams for dropping this news literally two seconds before we were set to record. So it gives us just something a little bit extra to talk about. We had planned on um, uh, speaking about the All-Star game and, and Russell Westbrook to the Clippers and a whole bunch of other stuff, including the Bulls' future and a signing of Patrick Beverly sort of impacts all of that conversation. So let's just get straight into it, William. What do you make of Patrick Beverly becoming the the newest Chicago Bull? Very interesting. It is interesting. There's a lot of layers to this, but let's start just on the basketball floor because I think that's clearly where it's going to be most prudent. Um, I mean, this could be the kick in the ass the Bulls need, right? Like they are... <laughs> They have no energy. They It just seems like they don't enjoy being out there. And Patrick Beverly, if nothing else, is a person who tries hard. And they don't really have any tryhards on this team. So from that perspective, I kind of like it. Uh, Russ obviously signed this morning with the Clippers. And it, yeah. it seems as though the Bulls were kind of waiting on the Russ domino to fall. Yeah. He seemed like their first choice. And then immediately, immediately pivoted towards Pat Bev. Um, who I think is a much better basketball fit. Like he's not going to dominate the ball. He's going to stand in the corner and shoot threes. I mean, he might be like a top three, <laughs> three point shooter on this team already, which is kind of <laughs> disgusting and hilarious. Um, and he'll, you know, I, th- there's that old uh, Russ quote, like Pat Bev tricking y'all. I don't know if he's actually a good defender or if he's just going to like get up in guys and annoy you. But um, those are two things that the bulls can use. I'm not sure how much he actually like moves the needle, but as far as just like getting some energy on the floor, providing another body who can be somebody that plays minutes at the point guard position, who can shoot threes and play some defense, I do think it helps them. Um, I think there's some longer term ramifications of this sort of signing, and we'll obviously see what the details of the contract are. But that's kind of my initial reaction without having like five minutes to think about it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We're literally giving you our live instant reactions to this thing as it's as it's breaking. So that 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 is cool in itself. But I guess we haven't had that time to really digest how this is all going to work. But just off the top of the dome, like this seemingly is a better fit than than Westbrook for all the reasons you noted. Maybe the uh, the highs aren't necessarily potentially as highs as as you know when you add Beverly versus someone like Westbrook but I don't think the lows are going to be necessarily as dramatic as well we can come and discuss later on whether they should be doing this or not or whether they should maybe adopting a, a lose now mentality rather than trying to salvage the season this is clearly a move to try to 
to, to, to try to get back into that play in, play in positioning. But I do think this is probably the better, easier fit uh, than adding Westbrook, particularly when there's only like 20-something games to go. I think it's 24, 23, 23 or 24 games to go. Like, it's going to be pretty tough to integrate a piece like Russell Westbrook into a lineup which currently is already sort of <laughs> facing uh, a lot of issues in terms of its chemistry. Adding in a guy like Westbrook who isn't a natural fit already, uh, a ball-dominant guy who has a higher usage on the Lakers than, than Zach and DeMar do on the Bulls. Like, just integrating that piece would have been extremely difficult. But whereas with Beverly, like, one, you're not forced into playing him a lot of minutes if you don't need to because he's a, a buyout guy, whereas maybe with Russ and his history of who he is, yeah, that co- and, and that connection that he had with Billy, maybe that connotation forces his hand a little bit here. But um, I just, yeah, I do think the fit is a little bit more seamless here. It's a little bit easy to integrate. So to me, this always made more more sense to me. I think everyone knows my my opinions on Westbrook at this point. But uh, I was a big Beverly guy back in the years. He's clearly regressed some, but I think this probably makes more sense for the Bulls anyway. But to your point, like clearly they were in on Westbrook. They were waiting to see where that happened. He obviously chose the Clippers. The Clippers were okay on that. And because of that, the Bulls quickly, I guess, pivoted to... To, to Beverly. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. We'll see how it plays out. But I think this does make more sense on the surface, at least. And I, I one other thing I would I would add there is that this is further evidence to support the theory, the working theory that Lonzo is going to be shut down at some mm-hmm. point here this week. Probably we'll hear from Arturis um, about his future. I can't imagine if I'm Lonzo Ball, why I would rush back at this point. I mean, no. three weeks ago, he was, quote, nowhere close, according to Billy Donovan. He's going to have to ramp up. Even if he was at the point where he could start to ramp up, that ramp up period, assuming there are no setbacks, which obviously there were last time, is going to take two months. And so you're already out of the you're out of the season at that point. So um, it would be shocking if Lonzo was going to be able to come back this year and I will say this too, like Patrick Beverly, I think is a more reliable option at point guard. If the bulls are going to be in a play in or playoff spot, I would rather have him out there than IO just given the, the experience that he's had um, given what he sort of adds to the defensive end, like IO being shifted back into a, a reserve position, I think really benefits him. Um, what I will say though, is that I don't think this answers the question of having somebody that can like, orchestrate an offense and set guys up. That is not who Patrick Beverly is. And that's not how the bulls are going to use him. So I'm not saying that this like solves all their problems, but I'm, you know, I'm looking at some numbers now he's, you know, been a 37 and a half percent three point shooter for his career uh, down a bit this, this year to uh, 34.8, but he's a reliable shooter on good volume. He will get up in guys and, you know, just hound them. Um, his steal numbers aren't all that great 0.9 per game in 27 minutes with the Lakers this year. He's not going to really give you much scoring only six and a half points per game. Um, but I, I do think from a sort of complementary position, this is, this is what the bulls are going to be looking for. Um, we have a question here, AJ Katz. Does this mean somebody has to be released? Yes, it does. The bulls have 15 under roster at the moment. Um, nope. I would, I was a little bit shocked to not shocked, but I was, you know, I guess my first guess would have been Marco or Tony Bradley as, as you know, whoever the bulls would cut, but you know, the bulls are adding a point guard here. It would actually make sense if Goran was the guy just now him presumably going to be shifted down to the fourth string point guard. Can't imagine that's what he really wants to be doing. So maybe the Mm -hmm. the bulls cut him or buy him out and send him to uh, go play with his, his old friend Luca in Dallas so it's an interesting spot for the Bulls. Um, are you at all just like glad they did something because the last uh, the last trade deadline obviously they didn't do anything. They added Drummond and Dragic this past summer, and that was. Uh, but this is the this to me this is the same kind of thing, right? It's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. They didn't want to actually make any moves, so now they're just going for the buyout guy for the second straight trade deadline. Um, I do think he's a more impactful player than Tristan Thompson was. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, but. Um, there's also a part of me that's just like excited to see what he does, what he brings to this locker room that I think the bulls kind of need. Um, and, and just to freshen up the the rotations, like, you know, we, we saw at the last game before the deadline of just like how much more refreshing it was to see 
Carly Jones and Dalen Terry out there, even if the result wasn't good. It's just that this team had been in such a slog for the past however long. I think he kind of spices it up. Yeah, it should be interesting. So I'm not counting this as a deadline move. I'm not. <laughs> that, that's the first thing. This is this is not a deadline move in my from my perspective. Uh, but yeah, look, I, it'll be it'll be. It, well, I think what'll be really interesting to see how much of an effect this dude can actually have. Like I said before, whether it was Westbrook, uh, Beverly, or whoever, like there's not a lot of games left to go, and he's coming into a locker room that's seemingly. I won't say it's damaged or broken, but there's, there's clearly things that are just aren't working with this group right now. So, like, can someone like Beverly, who has been a quote-unquote leader in previous stops that he's been in, can he actually have an impact on these guys? Maybe. Like, I, I would feel maybe more confident about it if he was sort of entering into this sort of into this environment in the off-season where he had more time to get to know these guys, get to understand where he sort of fits in and where he fits, on, fits in on the court, but also off, off the court as from a leadership standpoint. But... Having him come in now and try to juice up a, a locker room that's, and particularly a vet locker room that may or may not be interested in in kind of being done with this season, I, I, I'm just intrigued to see how much uh, how much of an impact he will actually have on this team from a, a leadership or a cultural standpoint. Like that's clearly what he's here for, right? To, to juice up the defense, to add some more energy, add some more life to to, to this group. Now it's just, it's going to be on this group to see if they respond to that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. Time will tell. But uh, I do think it's an interesting fit in the sense that Caruso is going to be closing games. Assuming assuming he's healthy, he's closing games. You know, Levine, DeRozan, and, and Vuce are closing games. So that leaves that final spot. Like Billy was sort of toggling between Io, Kobe, and, and Patrick. There uh, does now Beverly enter the fray there now? And and are there lineups now where you've got both Beverly and Caruso closing games around? Demar, Vooch, and, and Levine, and that could be an interesting look depending on matchups. Obviously, Pat, if you if you want to go bigger and those sorts of things, it'll be fascinating to see what this really does mean for IO. But in terms of like the guys that are gone, like I, I would still get rid of one of the bigs to be honest with you. Like I understand Dragic maybe goes down the, the the totem pole now in terms of point guard options, but you can play Beverly. I mean, Beverly's not necessarily a, a traditional point guard. You made that note. He can play off ball. You can have Dra- Dragic on ball. You can still play Kobe out there. Like there's still some utility for Dragic on this team, even when you add Beverly, in my opinion. So I do not understand why you have or why you need both Tony Bradley and Marco Simonovic. One of them would be my guys to go, but to your point, maybe they think differently, maybe they get rid of a guard. But I don't I don't know. This is I I'm not sure this is going to mean much all all in the sense in, in when we're when we're looking back on this season, I don't know if this is going to be really change too many things because I just don't think there's enough time for it to really matter. But Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will he will have an impact. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think he's not he he seems like a player that kind of on the fringes raises the floor of your team just by virtue of the fact that he's like a solid enough rotation body. And the Bulls like are limited in the I mean, especially with Javante being out, especially with Derek Jones and Lonzo and all these guys missing so much time. I do think he has some of those similar skills that the Bulls can sort of just plug and play. And I think that does raise their floor a little bit. Also probably a bit of a ceiling raiser just in terms of the same thing, right? Like, you know, you want him to provide that same value on a team that's already good. You put him in, maybe he like notches you up a little bit. Um, but I don't think he like has a huge impact either way. And I think that's that's primarily true for for most buyout guys. Not going to really change the trajectory of your season, but if we're talking about like minor adjustments that, that, you know, send the bulls a step forward or step back. I mean, they are on the play in bubble right now. I mean, they're the 11th seed and maybe this is what they need to get into that position. But I think the bigger question is like, and we'll spend some time talking about this today is should they even do that? I mean, does it at this point in the season, you're seven games below 500, you're six in a row, you've lost six in a row should you just start to pivot towards some of the younger guys and and start to develop or put the ball in Patrick Williams hands a little bit more. Mm. Um, Mm. Now we have to specify which Patrick we're talking about. So that's kind of annoying. (laughs) Um, Does Dale and Terry, I mean, this, this probably erases all of his minutes. Um, So it, it is kind of an interesting double down, triple down, quadruple down, quintuple down on this same core, doing the same thing, striving for the same spot in the play in. Um, but you know what? That eighth seed, that matters. 
certainly matters to a certain ownership group. But yeah, I think I think you. I'm glad you raised the point about Dalen because that's a topic that we on this show, but Bulls fans more generally have been discussing over the last seven to ten days at least that. You know, Dalen has started to get his his opportunity here in part because of the injuries to guys like Caruso. Obviously, the the power forward rotation is taking a significant hit with um, Javante and Derek Jones Jr. both injured, leaving really only Pat as well Patrick Williams as the only guy to uh, to really fill that spot, uh, as as well as Caruso obviously missing games too. So, when you add another guard, whether it was Westbrook or whether it's someone here like Pat Bev. But, the, the the main casualty from a rotational point of view is always going to be Dalen here. So that's that's probably something that we need to note now here. Now, he may, he may still play in the interim because of that power forward issue, but once this team starts getting Javante, Derek Jones Jr. and Caruso back, then Dalen ain't playing. To your point, like it'll be interesting to see here if if Ayo remains the starter or Pac Bev comes off the bench, but like how is this going to impact Ayo and his development? Similarly with Kobe, does that did we does this come back to a position now where we're having to talk about Ayo versus Kobe? Whereas we weren't really doing that much this season in terms of their role at least, because one was coming off the bench as that uh, the, the the gunner off the bench playing two guards sort of thing, whereas the other one was starting a point guard. So they didn't necessarily overlap too much in that sense, but now they may because your second unit may comprise of Caruso and, and potentially Io and Kobe. So it's going to be an interesting interesting time from a rotational standpoint. But like, I just keep coming back to this thought. Like, If you're going to get this season right, and again, we'll, we'll talk about the merits of whether they should be trying to do that or not. But I do think there's much more chance of this uh, being a smoother transition than when you're adding someone like Westbrook, who, like I said, maybe if, if it really clicks straight away with Westbrook, the, the peaks of what it could have been is significantly higher than what... And when I say significantly higher, I'm not, I'm not... We're not talking about great heights here. But nonetheless, I just think with so little time, I think this is probably the right decision anyway. Now, whether they arrived at this decision because of the Westbrook stuff or not, uh, you know, we've already voiced our opinion on that. But I think this this is probably the right decision in hindsight, um, assuming assuming you actually want to uh, add guys that can help you win games at the moment, that is... Right. And, you know, I will say this, I think he, to your point, kind of the way that I would put it is that he makes Zach, Damar and Vooch better than I think Russ would. Mm. And so I think there's value in that. Um, It does kind of make you wonder why they were fixated on Russ, or maybe that was just like the first domino to fall in the entire marketplace. Like, you know, the Clippers weren't going to, the Clippers might've gone after Beverly if Russ had signed with the heat or with the bulls. Um, but I do think you slot him in there. And, that, and that's kind of what it means to be a complimentary player is that I think he does a better job of elevating Zach, Damar, and Vooch. I mean, you look at it now, he's got he's taking a three and a half threes per game, shooting 35%. The That would be the fourth highest um, percent or a fourth highest number of three-pointers taken in for the entire Bulls team. You got Zach at seven and a half, Vooch at 4.7, Kobe at 4.6, Pat at 3.5. And then nobody else above two and a half. So he adds a little bit of volume there. And that's something that the Bulls obviously need. I mean, they're shooting like 28 threes per game, which is just not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, He'll obviously have the green light. And I think the Bulls defense is really built on their ability to defend at the point of attack. And that's something that he does. So you mentioned, you know, closing lineups and how does that affect IO versus Caruso versus Patrick Williams at that four spot. Um, You know, I can see, I mean, Alex is a, a four defender a lot of times. Like I could see him closing alongside Patrick Beverly and the Bulls big three. So I think there's, it's just, it's more stuff to play with. If you're Billy Donovan, um, it's, it's a skill set that you actually do need in some ways, certainly more than the Russ one. I mean, Russ would have been fun just in terms of like the entertainment value. And I do think they need help putting pressure on the rim, but that I don't think that would have actually done well from a basketball perspective so i think this does actually sort of help their their odds of getting into the play-in which again is is really what they want to do for better or for worse yeah and look again we're, we're reacting to this live we've literally had i mean we've been live for like 20 minutes now like we've basically had 20 minutes to digest this like will and i are literally thinking about this thinking through this entire thing as we're, as we're going here because obviously if this is real real new information to us all oh, well like I think I probably would have been higher on this signing or whether it was him, whether it was Westbrook or whoever it was, if the ball situation was different. Like, so in a vacuum, I really liked the idea of adding Patrick Beverly because 
I do think he is probably of, of maybe apart from Kevin Love, who I thought I think could have been an interesting fit here as well, but he was never coming in here to Chicago anyway. So who cares? But I do think of the available buyout guys, Beverly makes the most sense based on the roster that the Bulls have intact already. Like you've already got fit questions or and in, and in, uh, I guess an inability between Westbrook and no, Westbrook, Levine and DeRozan and even Vooch to like they still haven't figured out how to, how to play with each other as a three man unit. Adding a fourth guy like Westbrook, like I just never thought that was going to work. Whereas someone like Pat makes a that lot of sense big in this three alphas energy. Well, exactly, and, like, and I, just adding and Westbrook even to that, worse disaster work. potential. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I was so against the Westbrook thing because to me it never made sense from that standpoint. So I, in a vacuum, I really like adding Beverly, but the fact that the Bulls are where they are, I guess that's why I just can't be too intrigued by this signing. I guess because, and we'll come to talk about it later on in the show. Like, I just I, I'm not convinced that they should be trying to win games right now. So that's ultimately what they're trying to do here when you add a player like Patrick Beverly or Westbrook or whoever it would have been. Like the, this is a clear sign that this organization is trying to win games. I don't know if that is the right decision. Maybe in time, it'll be proven to be the right decision. Maybe in time, it'll be proven to be the wrong one. But clearly, that's the direction they're taking. So my instant reaction to this is less about Beverly, the player, and how he fits on this team, but more... Is this the right direction this team should be going toward um, post the post the All Star break? Which is what we're going to cover off a little bit more in more detail post these ad reads. But um, maybe maybe we do some some bill paying first, William, um, and then we can come back and hit more on Patrick Beverly as well as what the Bulls do here over their last 23, 24 games of the season. But let me start out by telling our friends here tuning in about Foco. So Chicago, you've already got the best coverage in sports with us here at CHGO. So why don't you go and get fitted with the best merch, apparel, whatever you whatever you need from a uh, a sporting fan perspective. Our guys at Foco have you covered. So whether you're, you know, I don't know, whether you want gear from Bears related gear, whether you want Bulls related gear, baseball's coming back, Cubs, White Sox, whatever it might be. Our friends at Foco have you covered. If you want to be decked out like Demar, we saw Demar looking absolutely schmick at, at during that All Star weekend. That dude can rock. Whatever he's rocking, he just looks so cool every single time. If you want to look like Demar, if you want to go grab a sign, a bobblehead, slippers, hoodies, whatever it might be, head over to our friends at Foco and get yourself some merch and collectibles. So check out Foco.com. Click the link in the description below within this podcast episode description for uh, 10% off all non-presale items when you use promo code CHGO. It is that easy, friends. So uh, go, go and do that. Check out FOCO. William, I remember last year we were talking about you getting me a Justin Bob, Justin Fields bobblehead. You never you never did, but maybe you will this time around. Or maybe we can get ourselves a Pat, a Pat Bev bobblehead. Hopefully, FOCO are going to be stocking that up very soon. But um, like I said, friends, use promo code CHGO for 10, 10% off all non-presale items when you go shopping. William, can you tell our friends about Athletic Greens? I can, but I just want to say first that the Justin Fields bobblehead situation was a bet that we made. If I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was a perfect passer rating involved, and it did not happen. So I, I weaseled my way out of that one, all right? Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> but I do, I do want to tell the folks about one of our favorite sponsors here that we haven't had a read for in a while. So I'm excited to, to tell you guys about Athletic Greens, which you know I love. And I feel like it could help get the dog in you that Patrick Beverly might bring to the Bulls. So Athletic Greens is a one scoop of Athletic Greens. You are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, that dog in you, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. All the things that you want to improve to make yourself more healthy. I take it every day. Um, I'm still out here in Utah and I got my travel packs with me. And I'll say this, the times where I do forget to take it, which are few and far between, I feel it for sure. It, it definitely helps a lot. Um, I'm a you know, committed user. It's $3 a day, less than $3 a day to invest in your health. And it tastes great. There's over 7,000 five-star reviews on Athletic Greens. So you can trust me or you can trust all the other people that have gone and used it and tried it. So um, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 
one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO bulls. That's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Pat Bev is just seemingly on, he must be just have like AG1 on, on drip or something because that dude is just constantly, constantly got the biggest motor in the NBA. I already, he does IB AG1 drip every morning, but yeah. I'll have to ask him. And now our friend um, Brooms here in the, uh, or Brom, sorry, in, in, in the comments suggesting, is Pat Bev winning Gooner of the Night for the rest of the year? I think he's... Uh, Not only that, he's... but we're going to rename the Alex Caruso Gooner of the Night Award to the Patrick Beverly Gooner of the Night Award. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got, two, we've got two worthy contestants now, but I mean, I'm sure Dave will find a way to, to find a completely random way to give it to someone... I don't know if he's. I don't even half the time whoever wins Guna the Guna the night isn't deserving. Dave's probably not watching this, so he probably, he probably won't even hear hear me say this. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see the level of uh, pizzazz that the that Patrick Beverly is going to bring to to the Guna the Night Award. But we'll see. We'll see how it happens. But a couple couple more shout outs shout outs before we move on to the next segment. I wanted to introduce something, William, to to these HQ editions of of uh, CHO balls. I wanted to do. A, a friend of the week type segment, or at least a, just honor, I guess, the uh, the amazing people that we have tuning into us. Uh, we've got an incredible support here at CHGO. We've got almost 400 people watching at the moment, which is awesome. Uh, but we Hit are that constantly. Like, by support- the way, we got 50 likes to 400 people watching. We can do better. For than sure, that, for sure. Hit that, hit that like. But um, also, I, we just, you know, we just got so many people that are constantly in. You know, in the comments, watching us live, uh, listening to us on Spotify, Apple, all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to do a thing where we just sort of shout out a specific person every week. And this person, the the inaugural winner of the CHGO Bulls Friend of the Week here on HQ Edition, um, I wanted to give a shout out to Monster Atomic Mutant Lake Fish or Mr. Fish or Fish. I saw him in the comments before. Um, just a really good guy. Uh, someone who's constantly in our comments supporting the show uh, adding to adding to the show with uh, you know him being in the comments and just adding commentary as we're sort of going live here. But what I received a DM, DM over the weekend from from Mister Fish, uh, and he offered me to to drive me around Chicago whilst I'm whilst, whilst I'm in Chicago uh, in, over, over the next. I'm in Chicago in three weeks' time, and he he sent me a DM on Twitter and basically said, if you need a lift, if you need a ride, just hit me up. Basically, so I wanted to shout out him, uh, Mister Fish. Uh, but and just thinking about it, like it, it just—I thought it was a good, a good recognition piece to just, just, just to shout out our listeners. I guess we're always talking about them and and, and how we much we uh, appreciate the support. But I wanted to localize it a little bit. I wanted to be a bit more specific. So shout out to Mister Fish for um, being a, a good person out there and supporting us here and um, supporting what we do at CHDO. So shout out to you, Fish. Um, shout out to you, Fish, and I might uh, take you up on that offer too if it stands for me. No, he only yeah, he only DM'd me. So a little sorry, chauffeur around the town. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was only uh, offering it to me, not to you, William. But nonetheless, um, uh, look, I'll, I want to make this a routine thing where we we're calling out specific people who have been with us here at CHTO for the we're effectively almost been here live for a year now at CHTO, and we've had a lot of people supporting us, and I just wanted to recognize that. So. Shout out to Fish. Shout out to Pet Bev, the uh, the latest Chicago Bull. Like we sort of talked about before, I think why I'm I'm sort of, I guess why I'm struggling with this decision of the Bulls signing Pat Bev in, at least initially is because I'm just torn on the idea of whether they should be trying to win games or not. Like they're several games under 500. They're not even in the playoff standings right now. Like I could maybe understand this move more if you were at 500. Maybe if you're like seventh, eighth in the East already. But like you're not even in the plane right now. Is this thing really going to spark you to get you into the plane? And even if you do, like, what are we ultimately doing here? So the way I was, the way I was thinking this thing about this signing, and, and just even before this, this this signing, to be honest with you, I was just thinking like, what should this team be doing post the All Star break? Like, should they just even be bothering winning games? Should they just be putting more time into the young guys, getting guys like Dalen, Io, Pat, Kobe more time on ball and maybe shelving some of the vets and seeing what you could do with these younger guys rather than trying to win games and actually trying to maybe luck in and keeping that t- that pick that you owe the magic. But like we said, that seemingly is not seemingly not what's happening here. 
or at least what they're not trying to do. Um, maybe inadvertently they'll lose games anyway. But I, the plan here clearly is to try to win games. And I, I just question whether that's the right move, William. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been saying this. We, we talked before the like stretch in December where they, the Bulls had a chance to get up to 500 for the first time and whatever. I mean, we're still having that conversation. Um, you know, they were at one point 11 and 18 early on in the season. And to me, that was the time to really start getting after it. If you're talking about maximizing your odds of keeping the draft pick that you owe to Orlando top four protected. Obviously, the Bulls went on a little bit of a run. And when I say a little bit of a run, I mean just winning enough games to get you close enough to 500 that they could convince themselves that they were good enough to make the play-in. And convince themselves that they didn't have to do anything at the trade deadline because what they had was on the right track. Um, Clearly, since then, it has been derailed. They've lost seven in a row, six in a row, seven in a row. Seven games under 500, they've lost six in a row. Um. We finally got to see some Dale and Terry in the final two games before the break. Um, we have been not really, I mean, I, I don't really feel like we've seen much in the way of offensive skill set development from Patrick Williams. I think he's taken a pretty big step forward defensively this year. And actually, there was a great piece um, by our friend Lara Golden today um, on Swish Theory that you guys should go check out uh, about Patrick Williams' development and, and where he has improved and where he still has room to grow. That was a really good piece. So go check that out. Um, but I, it, yeah, you're right. It kind of makes you wonder whether they should be now reorient, reorienting their focus towards making sure that those guys, the Dale and Terry's, the Patrick Williams, the IOs, the Kobe's of their roster have a chance to feel the game with the ball in their hands because the DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine experience kind of prevents them from doing so. You're seven games below 500 with 25 games left. Um, right now, I was looking. I was looking this up right before we started, and I wanted to save this for the show. Um, so, I'm looking at 538's uh, season projections, and right now they have the Bulls finishing 11th with an 8% chance to make the playoffs. Okay, 8% chance to make the playoffs. That's not the play-in. That's the playoffs. And then I switched over to tankathon.com and they have a seven and a half percent chance as the current seventh seed, seven and a half percent chance for the number one overall pick. So you're basically split in the middle between keeping your pick, not only keeping your pick, but getting Victor Wimanyama and making the play playoffs, meaning winning two play in games, getting to the play in and then winning those two games. Um, to me, that says everything you need to know about what this Bulls team is in case you tuned out for the last three weeks because they're just not good enough right now. And I, I don't think Patrick Beverly really does much to um, move the needle. And I understand the fear of giving up a higher draft pick. Um, I think, you know, the Bulls give up the fifth pick and, you know, the Magic draft a player that turns into a star in five years, that trade looks even worse for our tourists. So I understand it from that perspective. But my thought is there, you can't live out of fear of giving somebody else something good. Like that trade was made. It's done. There's nothing you can do about it now. What you have to do is do what's best for your team. And that's really been my argument this whole season. And I don't think fighting and clawing your way into the play-in just to lose a play-in game or to win a play-in game and get swept in the playoffs uh, does very much for your long-term future. And I think we can all agree right now that the short-term future is not looking very fruitful. Um, and so you can look at it from that perspective, but I think what's really the most convincing argument to me is the opportunity cost of not putting the ball in Patrick and Dalen's hands for the rest of this year. What does that do to their development longer term where now they've gone, Patrick's gone three full seasons without really, have, we have no idea what he is, what what kind of offensive contribution he can make to this team. Um, Dalen, I think, will take some more time. He's way more raw than Patrick ever was, so mm-hmm. it's going to take some time for him. But are you stagnating their growth by continuing this sort of, you know, meaningless run for a playing spot? And I think that is 
something that they should have really considered. Right now, I don't think you sign Patrick Beverly to to tank. I don't think Patrick Beverly signs on if that's going to be the agenda. So it's clear to me that they're going that other direction towards the plan. But you know, we we planned this discussion prior to the All Star break, and I've had a lot of time to think about it. I think this Patrick Beverly signing puts the Bulls in an even worse position longer term. And I, like I said, I understand why they would want to avoid giving up the fifth pick to the Orlando magic. Certainly from AK's perspective, the, the higher the pick, the better value, the better player, the magic get the worse that trade looks in retrospect. So I understand, but I also think it looks bad on AK if you're in year four or five or six with Patrick Williams and you have no idea what he is. If you get to year three or four with Dalen Terry, the way that you have with Kobe, and you have no idea what he can contribute on an NBA floor, I think that's pretty damning as well. So there are two ways to look at it. My thought, you know, for me, it's it's more just like, what is the upside here? And like, is there more value in just trying to develop? Um, but when you're doing that with DeMar and Zach and Vooch and now Patrick Beverly, I, I understand that's not going to happen. But um, as somebody that likes to look at it from the perspective of, what should they do longer term? If I were the GM or the president of basketball operations, how would I, what would be my master plan looking short-term and long-term? I, I feel like I've seen what I need to see out of this group. The evaluation period is over. And what I actually need to evaluate is my young players and whether they're worth keeping around. And I think this Patrick Beverly signing and continuing on this path makes that even harder. Completely agree. Like I... I mean, this this whole. Uh, I mean, what the Bulls will be this season, or even last season, was going to hinge on the uh, the connection between Demar, Levine, and, and Vooch. And to your point, we've seen enough now. Like, okay, fine, you sign Pat Bev. Maybe you move up from eleventh in standings to ninth, something like that. You get yourself in the playing positioning, and maybe with some good luck, maybe maybe with some good fortune, you actually ultimately get to the playoffs to uh, be humiliated by the Celtics or the Bucks in, in round one again. Ultimately, like, what does that really matter? Like, were the Bulls going to hit this offseason and enter next season with this same group together? Like, were you ultimately going to bring back Vooch, keep DeMar and Levine? If the answer that to that question was already no, that you're already going to pivot away from that situation anyway, then why not start that now, which is effectively what you're saying here. But it, obviously, they're not going down that path. Clearly, by adding Patrick Beverly. You're trying to win as many games as possible. You're trying to get things back. Uh, I was, I was going to say get things back to normal. Maybe maybe not necessarily get back to normal, but you're trying to get back to a position where you can get in the playoffs. So I wonder how much of this is a mandate by ownership as much as it is, as it is via Billy and AK. Uh, clearly, it doesn't sound like ownership are interested in any sort of rebuild or, re- or, or tear down mode. Clearly, obviously the balls weren't interested in selling guys at the deadline. In fact, AK said the exact opposite thing that if anything, they were looking at being buyers. Obviously they didn't do that either, but based on this move today, based on what they've so- said all along, this, this team wants to win games. They probably want to get back into the playoff. And for those couple games that they do get at home in, in, in the playoffs, assuming they make that, that will make ownership obviously very happy. So I think this is where this is ultimately coming from. But to your point, like I just don't think that is the right decision. And just more generally, like I, I'm not convinced. Well, can, I, can I push back there for a second? Because yeah, yeah. Uh, just to play devil's advocate, because I don't believe this. But okay. I think that the thought process is, is if we're going to blow it up this summer or make a big change this summer anyway, let's just do what we can this year. Um, let's try for the plan. Let's do everything we can to make this one more push with this group mm-hmm. that we constructed. And then we can do whatever we want this summer. But I, I just don't think those two things are necessarily mutually exclusive. Like you can do both of those things without not signing Patrick Beverly. So like you can use that's a lot of double negatives. You can sign Patrick Beverly now and still make a big pivot this summer. True. Um, True. Yes. I agree that they, they should have gotten a head start on that at, at the trade deadline, but they didn't. And so because they didn't, I think it makes more sense that they would want to just continue to, you know, Pat- Patrick Beverly at this point is a very low risk signing, right? Like you're giving him probably yeah, yeah. $800,000 for a prorated veteran minimum. Mm-hmm. You're going to cut Dragic or Tony Bradley or Simonovich. Um, he adds depth. It's going to help you this year. So from that standpoint, it's a low risk move, but again, 
back to my point, I think the opportunity cost of not developing Patrick and Dalen is significant. Well, I would say even beyond that, because I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not confident. I'm not high on this Bulls younger group. And we're going to talk about the Bulls future in the, in the final segment. And, and that's part of the reason why uh, I don't think the future is very bright for the Bulls because I'm just not high on their younger guys, to be honest with you. I, you mentioned we don't know what Pat is. I, I, I feel like I do. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I, irrespective of that, like it's not like there's blue chip guys on this roster in terms of younger assets, younger players. So from my standpoint, like it's less about the development of the younger guys, but like in terms of value players for what this means from your own draft pick. Like I'm now in, or, I mean, I'm now in tank mode. Essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much on the precipice of, of tank mode. To your point, maybe you end up giving the fifth or sixth pick. Cool, whatever. Like it's the, the conversation is: Are you going to give up the fifth or sixth pick, or are you going to give up like the ninth or tenth or eleventh pick? Like, does it really ultimately matter? Probably not really. Like, maybe the magic. Okay, maybe you give up the tenth pick to the magic, but ultimately maybe they draft someone really good at ten. Like they would have maybe at four or five anyway, or six. Like they got they got Franz at eight. You can get a good player at that position anyway. So ultimately, they're going to give up a good pick to the magic regardless. But what is your best play in terms of maximizing your future? I don't think putting the ball in Pat's hands or Dalen's or getting those guys more minutes or more time is the best play for their future. Their best play for their future is trying to ensure that you get yourself the best possible odds to snag a top four pick. And whether it's Wemby, whether it's Scoot, whether it's someone else, you really need to uh, you really need to add to your young core in a lot of different ways. Because I'm not confident in this ball's young core. I am very confident about what Scoot and Wemby will be. And yeah, I know it's a pipe dream. Yeah, it's an outside shot. But I think the odds of actually landing someone like Scoot in this draft is higher than actually getting into the postseason and doing anything of note in that postseason. So uh, I think we we ultimately agree, but we're just maybe coming at it from a different perspective. But ultimately, well, we're think, both suggesting again, those, that... Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Like you can... No, 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 of course. I think, I think by putting the ball in Patrick and Dalen's hands, you're also giving yourself the best <laughs> shot to get those guys. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, this all comes back to what they should have done and didn't do at the trade deadline. I don't think you're going to get away with benching or resting or giving a fake injury to DeMar, Zach, or Vooch. Um, and I think if you tank the rest of the season and end up with the fifth pick, then you still have an opportunity to make those trades this upcoming summer. But at the end of the day, I, I agree. Like the the future of this franchise right now hinges upon what the Bulls get in the draft this year, if anything, and um, and what what they're able to get in trades for those three guys. But right yeah. now, I think we're both in agreement that like, and it's also like I, I don't think it's it's a hot take to say this Bulls team is bad. Like they're they're not good, and what they've constructed right now just doesn't work. They're seven games below five hundred. Like it just good teams don't end up like that in the standings. I know they've had injuries. The Lonzo ball thing is a bummer, but you got to roll with what you've got out there. And what you've got out there is a, what is it? 26 and 33 record. You have to take that in, into consideration and give yourself, I a hundred percent agree the best chance to improve your future at this point in the season. Um, yeah. I think the more we're talking about here, the more um, of a mistake I think this is because I also, I, I don't think there's a there's a world where this doesn't affect their chances, right? To uh, to get a fourth pick or to get you know the tenth pick. Like there, there's a world where Patrick Beverly has zero impact on the schedule, uh, their standings, the record for the rest of the way. But I think more in in theory, um, they should be really aggressively going towards the bottom, and the odds are flattened a bit so even if they end up with you know the 10th spot they could still get in that I, I assume at least one of those teams is going to jump up but you have to give yourself the best chance and right now I think the Bulls are giving themselves the best chance to do something that I think we both agree they probably shouldn't do yeah completely agree like they're currently seventh in the tankathon standings uh, if you're, you're if you're in seventh, you've got a 32 percent chance to get to the jump into the top four. If they ended up in like fifth or sixth, I don't think they're catching the bottom four teams. But if they were to fall to like fifth or sixth, which is certainly possible, they're only like two games back on the Orlando Magic, who are in. So fifth yeah, let's in the let's uh, let's paint that picture a little bit. So the Bulls are seventh, the Pacers are sixth. The Pacers yep. are a half game ahead of the Bulls in the Tankathon standings. 
and they've beaten the Bulls twice now, uh, two 20-point comebacks uh, over, over the past month. So the, they have the tiebreaker over the Bulls, meaning if the Bulls finish with the same record as the Pacers, the Bulls will get the higher seed. Indiana, so that's Indiana, right, um, half game ahead of them. Orlando is the fifth seed. They are two games ahead of them at 24 yep. and 35. And they also have the tiebreak over the Bulls. So all the Bulls need to do is get to that same record. And they yep. would actually be, um, if they if they were to get to that fifth seed, they would have a 42% chance of keeping their pick and a 10.5% chance of getting the top pick. And like those odds are, I, I, would, I would take those over, like you said, a, a sweep in the first round if they can even make it that far. If you can give me a 40% chance of getting into the top four, one keeping your pick this season, and two, ultimately getting a chance at Wemby or Scoot, that is a significantly better outcome than potentially sneaking into the play-in and maybe if you win two games, maybe getting into the playoffs with the right of losing to the Bucs or the Celtics in four or five games. Like, I mean, from a, a pure value play, like that, that's how we should be looking at this thing. Like, from a pure value play, which of these paths guarantees the Bulls Beyond this season, like we just talked about, this iteration this iteration of Bulls teams is not doing anything of note. We know that now. We've seen enough of Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch together to know that this isn't it. So beyond this season, what path gives us the best value play? It's clearly not trying to get into the plane. It's clearly trying to maximize your chances to keep your freaking pick this season. So to me, they should be tanking. Whether you don't like the word tanking, adopt a different semantics to it whether it's you know, playing poorly or to trying to develop the younger players or whatever you want to call it, let's just try to maximize keeping that, that, that pick. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but that's your best chance here of actually adding real significant talent because what they're going forth with at the moment isn't working. We know that. We've seen enough of that now, but um, clearly the, the franchise... Let me, let me ask you this. Or maybe we can uh, save this talking point for the next segment, mm-hmm. but All right, cool. how does well, this... Um, I was just going to ask the question, then we can tease it. But how does this impact your evaluation of Arturis as a head decision maker? And do you think that this changes your perception of him and his ability to construct a roster for the short term, but also, you know, think bigger picture about the the possibilities that he can, that he'll be able to, you know, put together a good team down the road? Yeah, I mean, it does... It... I don't know if it does change my opinion on him because my opinion has soured a lot. But this move to me seems like a, an ownership influence decision, um, more so than maybe a, a management type decision. Or look, maybe I mean I, AK could fully agree with this this being the right decision, and maybe maybe he's so wedded to this group and trying to to maximize this group that he put together. So maybe he's biased in that nature. So maybe he does completely agree with ownership in that sense that winning games is more preferable than trying to lose and trying to retain your pick. So. Maybe it's not necessarily just an ownership thing. Maybe I'm just wrong in that sense, in that sentiment. But uh, if that is the decision, if, if if AK is endorsing and even supporting this decision, maybe he's the one pushing this decision, then yeah, this does impact my feeling about him even more so, which is not really right. At this present, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking, uh, you know, rosy or, or great thoughts about AK, AK at least. So it would uh, change my positioning or thinking on it a, a lot more, I would say. But yeah, I don't know the answer to that one, William, in terms of who's actually driving this. But nonetheless, Pat Bev is a bull. The Bulls are trying to win games. They're trying to sneak into the playoffs. That's that's clearly what they're doing. Um, but let's come back. Let's finish the final segment of the show. But before we do that, William, can you tell our friends about DraftKings? I can. Um, but first, I want to ask you a question, which was uh, last week on Friday, we were talking about the All-Star break. And we were talking about bets that we wanted to make. For the three-point <laughs> contest, is someone and one results? of us here, one of us here said that um, <laughs> that one Kevin Herter was was the best value play. Um, I can't remember exactly how poorly he finished, but I do know you lost your money on that one. So I'm just going to go ahead and call you out um, <laughs> as we talk about our our favorite sponsor here, DraftKings Sportsbook, um, America's top-rated sportsbook. Uh, and just before I get into it, make sure you download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Um, we talked about the the you know bet for the three point contest. I put some money down on um, Kenny Martin Jr. for the dunk contest, so I lost that one too. I should really just stick to these no sweat same game parlays. Did not make any for the actual NBA All Star game, 
But once this bull season starts up again, I'm sure there will be some Patrick Beverly props and parlays that I can get into. Definitely try those when you sign up for the app using promo code CHGO. Um, You will not regret it because it's just so much fun, even when you're losing. So download the app now and sign up with promo code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's $5 to get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Thank you, William, for that read. And thank you for uh, raising or, or yeah, keeping the receipts on. <laughs> when, we were, when I was watching the three-point competition, and I, I did remember picking Kevin Herter in that in that particular comp and i was like i wonder if this is going to come back and bite me i wonder if anyone's going to to raise this or the, the fact that i was so hot on this dude winning this this thing but uh clearly he did not but uh yeah thank you for doing that i was i, was, I thought i was going to escape it but that's clearly not the case but uh, let's move on let's tell the people about game time now we've we surely by surely by this stage people you know about game time but if you haven't game time is the hottest new ticketing site that exists that makes it easier than ever to score the best deal on tickets, whether that's to sporting events, whether that's to concerts, whether that's to shows, comedy shows, whatever you might be into, Game Time is the place to go. They have all the tickets available that you could possibly want if you ever thought about going to a Bulls game. If you want to go see Pat Bev in a Bulls uniform, obviously get your hands on some tickets and do so via the Game Time app. Look, I'm, I'm just been, when you were sort of um, reading there, William, about uh, DraftKings, I was just on the the Game Time app, just scrolling through Bulls price tickets. Sorry, the pricing on these Bulls tickets. Like I said, I'm I'm in Chicago in three weeks' time. I'm going to try to get to a Kings game. The Bulls are playing the Timberwolves as well whilst I'm there. They've also got the the Miami Heat are coming to town whilst I'm in Chicago. I want to go see Jimmy Butler live. So I can just jump on the game time app. I'm literally on it right now, friends. This is the game time app here. It's as simple as scrolling down, finding your ticket, finding your game. Once you go in there, you basically get a view of the stadium. You can just essentially choose what seats are available. It tells you where you can sit, the pricing of the seats. It's that simple, friends. And this is the app I'm going to be utilizing when I'm in Chicago. Joey's got it up on the screen here. Like, Look how easy it is to, to use the functionality of the game time app, whether it's on the website, whether it's on your phone, whatever it might be. It's super easy to go, grab your hands on some tickets. So if you're going to a Bulls game, if you're going to a Cubs game, uh, baseball, like I said, is back soon, if I'm not mistaken. So... Get your hands on some tickets. You can do so by supporting us here at CHDO. So if you use the link in the description, you can basically just download the app and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and you can score the best seats that to all your favorite events. Like I said, this is literally what I'm going to be doing when I get to Chicago in the three weeks time. Uh, it's I'm factual in this. It's not just a read. This is literally a thing that I'm endorsing that I'm going to be using. So take it from me, friends. Uh, GameTime app is a beautiful app. It's uh you know obviously supports support us here by using the game time app uh, here at CHTO. But like I said, this is the the website that I'll be using, and I certainly endorse it. So uh, I can't wait till we get to a Bulls game, William, and seeing Pat Bev running around there. I wonder if he's going to impact the pricing of these tickets. Do you reckon you know? Do you reckon the Ryan's also going to boost pricing by ten percent now that Patrick Beverly's walking through the door? Do you reckon that he has that level of gravitas? Do you think the ceiling is the roof, my friend? <laughs> All right, let's close this show. Let's close this show. It's been an eventful episode of CHDO Bulls. Thanks again to Woj and Shams and Pat Bev for, for uh, dropping that news just before we went live. But look, I wanted to close this show um, maybe on a more somber note because <laughs> I've, I've had some time over the All-Star, All-Star break to sort of think about where the Bulls are sort of positioned maybe long-term. And it connects to the conversation we, we were just have, having about like whether the Bulls should be tanking or whether they should even be signing someone like Patrick Beverly right now. But the more I think about it, Will, like are the Bulls in the most precarious or if you want to go harder, are the Bulls, do the Bulls have the, the bleakest fleet, uh, future amongst all NBA teams right now? I know that's a big, big statement. Maybe I'm wrong in suggesting so. Uh, I'm not necessarily convinced that, that is, the answer is yes, but I am convinced that the Bulls are at least you know, bottom five in terms of future. When you think about the players that they do hold on the roster, whether it's the, the win now guys like Levine, DeRozan, or Vooch, obviously two of those guys are uh, closer to the end of their career than their prime. We don't know if Levine's going to be here for the long haul. I've already spoken about my feeling about the younger guys on this roster, guys like Pat, Dalen, like 
could be nice role guys, guys that would make sense on a lot of teams, but not necessarily blue chip guys that you want to rebuild with. And we also know completely what this team's draft pick situation is. Like they may not be having their 20, they may not have a 23 pick, whether it's their own or Portland's pick. They may not have a pick in 2025. They're out multiple second round picks as well. So, I mean, ultimately, like, where do, where do the Bulls sit in terms of futures? Are they one of the bleakest franchise, franchises from that standpoint? I think you absolutely have to put them up there, um, which is definitely sad. Like, we don't want to think of the Bulls as this team that just has, like, no chance that's spinning its wheels in the muck. But I think right now they absolutely are. I mean, the way I, want to, I wanted to think about this was in terms of championship equity, both near and long term. So you look at some of these teams like the Boston's, Milwaukee's, Denver's, Philly's, Memphis, Cleveland, Warriors, like those teams all have really high championship equity right Mm -hmm. now, right? They could win the championship this year. Mm -hmm. And then you look at some of the teams that have gone the complete opposite direction. Um, They obviously don't have championship equity in terms of winning now, but they have positioned themselves the best way that NBA teams can to acquire and develop talent. So you're looking at Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando. Those teams are in, I think, a much better position than the Bulls, not in terms of record this year, um, but in terms of young talent. I think they all have more promising young talent. I think they all have more future draft capital than the Bulls do. Certainly their own draft capital. And then in a lot of cases, additional like Houston's got Mm -hmm. all of the Nets picks San Antonio's got the Bulls pick in 25 um that the Raptors pick next year they just picked up some picks um you know since they started trading DeJounte and Derek White they have a Celtics pick they have all those Hawks picks Detroit has a handful of picks and they've also got Cade Cunningham Jaden Ivey all these great young players the Hornets um they're one of those teams that I think are closer to the Bulls at the bottom just because I don't really think they have much in the way of future draft capital. And I also don't love the young talent that they have. Obviously, LaMelo Ball, future star, current star. Um, they need they need to acquire some more young talent to get out of that sort of like next to the bottom tier. Orlando, great setup in terms of young talent and future draft capital um, and, and a real chance to get two great picks in a really strong class this year. Um so, and then there's like the teams in the middle, right? You've got the Toronto's, the Portland's, the Bulls, uh, the Wizards, Washington. like these teams in the yeah. middle of the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, all those teams at, at the very least have all their picks. Yeah. Um, the yeah. ones that I think are in bad shape along with the Bulls are the Hawks, the Lakers, and the Timberwolves. But at the very least, those teams have really strong young players. You know, Anthony Edwards, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, um, I don't even remember who else I just named, but so they're in a better position at the very least to win. I think now than the bulls are. So I do think the bulls are in a tough spot where they're nowhere close to good enough right now. And they still don't have any ability to get better. And I think that's why we just had this discussion of would it have been smarter to at the very least give yourselves the best chance to keep your own pick here and really reset with, you know, a potentially franchise changing player. That seems kind of like their best, you know, it's certainly the luckiest, but it seems kind of like their best path forward, at least to me. Um, Obviously, there's a reason why I'm not the one making these decisions, but it just, I I think it sets them up even worse down the road and they're already in a bad spot now. Yeah. And look, when we pose this, like full, full transparency, like Will and I were just having this conversation offline and this is how we thought, like, maybe we should put this as part of the podcast and just have a more expanded conversation about it. But like my instant reaction when we started thinking through this exercise was like, no, no, of course they're not, they don't have the worst future. But then when we started going through the list of teams and my default answer was the Wizards. Like they, they're clearly like stuck in the middle. They've got, they've done nothing for years and then they're clearly not going up. They're, they're maybe not even going down. But then when I started thinking about it more, like to your point, like a lot of the teams that are currently the, below the Bulls in the standings, which to be fair, aren't a lot now anyway, but even those teams, they own all their picks or in some cases, as you noted, have more picks incoming from other teams. The Wizards, you know, they, they, they're, they're stuck in the middle like the Bulls, but 
you know, they, they own their picks. Like they have a reasonable chance that, I don't know, if they wanted to blow things up, they could. They own all their picks, whereas obviously the Bulls situation is different in that sense. And I started thinking then as well, like, okay, what's the other teams that have all out of their picks, maybe in a, even in a worse position than, than the Bulls from a pick standpoint? And again, my, my mind went to the Lakers and to the, to the Timberwolves and to the Hawks. But to your point, like at least with Minnesota – and um, with Atlanta, like I'd in Minnesota, have the you've, core of, you've you know, got Anthony you've got, Edwards, Rudy Gobert. Exactly, you've got Ant and you've got Cat. Like you can maybe sell off Cat for for a haul, but even if you do that, you've got Ant who is just a in his in year three, same same draft class as Pat. We've talked about Pat earlier on this podcast. Clearly not on the same trajectory as someone like Ant Edwards. But you, yeah, you're out all your picks, but you've got Edwards. Similarly with the Hawks, like you got Trey and Dejounte, who is are still young enough that you can build something interesting around those guys. Whereas the Bulls probably be- the Bulls' best two players this season, or at least the most consistent players, are Demar and Vooch, and that's not reassuring. And when you add the- add that to the fact that you don't own the con- or don't control your your draft, uh, you know, going forward, particularly in this draft coming up, they are in a precarious position. So maybe the Bulls aren't like thirty out of thirty in terms of worst futures going forward. But I don't know. Then the they're towards the bottom, like and, and like TC flow here on the screen, suggesting that the Wizards and Hornets are in a worse position. But I don't know if that's true. Like the Hornets, they've got Lamelo. Like again, someone from that draft that Pat was in, who's clearly already been an All Star, um, is clearly on a, a different level to Pat right now. But they're seemingly in position right now where they could land a top four pick. They could get their hands on a scoop or uh, sorry, a scoop or, or a Wemby, and then that would completely change the fortunes of their franchise. But ultimately, they also own all their draft picks, as I sort of talked about before. So, yeah, it's 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 tough. And when you start thinking about this, this is again coming back to what we were talking about earlier. Like that's kind of why I think tanking is the right decision because we know what this team currently is. We know what they're not going to do. So why not try to recoup some assets in some way, which is part of why I expected them to do something from a selling point of view at the deadline. Clearly, they didn't do that. So their actions are basically the inverse of what I want them to do at the moment, which is concerning on on a number of different levels, I guess. Like I'm wanting them to retract everything, go back and start selling. And maybe they do this in the off season. So maybe there's still time to do so. But based on where where the variables stand right now, it's I guess it's just not... Uh, it's not favorable for the Bulls right now, which is, which is kind of it was kind of bizarre to think about because coming into this season, I thought this could have been a good, fun, exciting season, and it's just proven to be the exact opposite. I think that's really well said. I don't want to spoil it because that's it's the same sentiment. Um, yeah, I think they're just in a really tough spot, and I know Arturis seems confident, like he kind of shrugged off this idea that like he can't get the bulls out of this at the, uh, at the post deadline commentary, the, the media availability, he said like, nobody believed we could sign Lonzo and trade for DeMar and, you know, get Caruso while we were over the cap, but we did it. And to me, yes, that was good. I think they put together a really good off season, but I think the fact that they haven't done anything since suggests that it's actually going to be very difficult for them to get out of it and that there is no real clear path forward. And that's why um, continuing on with this, with this approach, I mean, what does this do for you? What, what does it do for the, for the rest of the season? Even does it even get you into the plan? Like what, what are the goals here? And um, if I'm, if I'm a GM of a team, I know that my job security is limited. I know that I can't necessarily worried about 2027 and 2029 because I might not have a job at that point, but I'll tell you what, like the better job I do of setting myself up for then the better job I have, the better chance I have to keep that job. So for me, back to that question is, I think this is a short-sighted move um, that may or may not help the bulls. uh, And, but I do think it sets them back a little bit and they were already in a tough spot before. So um yeah, I think I'm like thinking of headlines for my article that I'll have to inevitably write after this. And it's like Patrick Patrick Beverly probably makes the Bulls a little bit better, but I think that's bad for the Bulls. Maybe it can be Pat Bev got the Bulls tricked. What was that line that Westbrook said that you met you mentioned before? Like Pat Bev the, tricked y'all. Pat Bev tricked y'all. Maybe Pat Pat Bev tricked the Bulls or something. I don't know. I'm not a headline writer, clearly, but uh yeah. We'll let you we'll let you get we'll jump off now so that way you can go and uh write 
William about the, the Pat Bev signing and a whole bunch more. But obviously, uh, we here at CHGO Sorry, I'm Bulls, trying to enjoy my all-star break, and I got to deal with this Patrick Beverly nonsense. Oh, oh, poor William. Poor William can't go out poor skiing thing. in the slopes there in Utah. He has to go write about Patrick Beverly. What a, what a tough life this guy has. Look, he's graced with the the beauty. Like, look how beautiful you are. Look how handsome you are. You have got that going for you. You're a we're not, beat We're not going to do this today. We're, not we're, we're do doing it today, right Mark. now. You've got all these things going for you, and you're complaining about having to write about Patrick Beverly. Jesus, William. But anyways, look, let's call it there. Thank you to William for joining me today on this episode of CHGO Bulls. Obviously, as well, everyone tuning in, Apple, Spotify. If you're here with us on YouTube, chuck us a like. We'd certainly appreciate it. Um, shout out to our CHGO Bulls friend of the week, Fish, as well. Also, thank you to uh, DraftKings for supporting us, as they always do, and Joey in the background for, for, uh, for producing the show. We'll be back later Hit this week. Hit the like on the way out. Hit the like. Hit the like. The guys will be back 5.30 Wednesday evening. Uh, for another show so we'll have uh, probably more conversations around Pat Bev to be honest with you at that point more more time to really digest this whole thing maybe we might even hear from um, from Pat himself or AK uh, maybe the Lonzo news drops as well who knows but uh, there'll be plenty more bull stuff happening as we sort of ramp up towards the final conclusion here of the or the last quarter of the season to be honest with you so we'll see what happens but we here will be here to uh have you everything in from a Bulls perspective we'll be hitting on it all so 5.30 Wednesday night friends come back and join us but uh, until then this has been CHGO Bulls for, for William I'm RK thank you for joining us and I'll speak next time Bulls fans Bye.